You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you today for a spoiler-free review. It's been a while since we've done one of these, only two months to be precise. I think our uh, It spoiler-free review was the last one we did, and it's, um, I guess, been a bit longer since I've been on one. I think I haven't been on one of these since The Dark Tower a couple of months ago, but we're here to look at the recently released end of the world, big disaster blockbuster. It's called Geostorm, and uh, it stars Gerard Butler, Jim Sturgis, Abby Cornish amongst the uh, the cast members, and it is the feature film debut of director Dean Devlin, and it's uh, an interesting film. Let's uh, just say that to be uh, nice, and Colin initially was going to join me on this to uh, talk about it, but uh, sadly, Colin hasn't seen the film. Colin has a life unlike me, so therefore he kind of does important things like raising a child and having a wife and all that fun sort of stuff. Uh, so, you know, I go to the movies by myself and do these by myself because I'm cool that way. But, uh, yeah, this is one of these films that you see the trailers for, you see the posters, and I get a bit excited for because uh, I do love a good end-of-the-world movie. Uh, and we are planning at some stage, I guess, here in the Oz Network to do a disaster month, an end-of-the-world month. We've obviously covered Twister, which I guess really isn't end-of-the-world, but it's still a disaster movie. But, um, yeah, we will be looking forward to doing some other ones. We've obviously did another big disaster movie recap uh, on Dirty Dancing. That was a different disaster, but we won't get involved in that. But, um this film, uh, if you haven't really heard much about it, it it's a, it's a one that kind of has been there and thereabouts for quite some time in the fact that uh, this movie technically is a year or so old in, in terms of when it was actually finished, but it had some very poor uh, test screenings, a lot of reshoots. Uh, they had to bring in people like Jerry Bruckheimer to kind of uh, change things up. And uh, it was actually initially meant to be released uh, all the way back in March of last year, uh, but they ended up releasing Batman v Superman in that slot that it was initially meant to be released. So this film has been delayed and has been delayed, it's been delayed, and you generally know when a movie's delayed that much, it's pretty rubbish. Um, and whether or not that's my opinion or that, you'll have to wait and see to the end, but it definitely has been getting the best reviews out there. Uh, and yeah, it's certainly one of these films that uh, I think kind of isn't going to go down in history as one of the best of all time. And again, maybe my opinion of that will change you. Probably not. Who knows? But uh, if you don't know what this movie's about... And, of course, I will just reiterate by saying, as always, uh, hence we call these a spoiler-free review on the Oz Network. We will not be saying any spoilers. Basically, anything that's outside of the trailers is a spoiler, particularly when it comes to the plot twists in this film, because I guess there are a couple. Uh, but, yeah, if we do inadvertently spoil anything for you, we apologise, but that's not our intention when it comes to this. But, essentially, this uh, is set in a, a few years in the future, um, and uh, humans have developed a system that can control the weather, essentially. There's been a big string of natural disasters, um, which is kind of interesting in this sort of pre-movie little um, narration where we hear about the extent of these natural disasters and how big and how severe they have been. Um, so the, all the nations of the world come together. They create this system called Dutch Boy, which essentially is a bunch of satellites that control the climate around the world. Fair enough. And essentially, it uh, pretty much stops the world from having natural disasters. We now can control natural disasters. Great. But, uh, unfortunately for us, because humans are dicks, uh, basically, this gets into the wrong hands, 
and of course people we then control it essentially uh start creating natural disasters and um you know you're going to have the fun stuff there and it's up to people to stop it and find out just why they're doing this and you know, there's drama and tension and everything else uh, in between hand. Um, and now, of course, stars Gerard Butler. Now, he plays uh, the lead character of Jake Lawson, who is a satellite designer and uh, basically the person who created Dutch Boy. Uh, his brother, uh, Max Lawson, played by Jim Sturgis. Uh, and then, obviously, as I mentioned, Abby Cornish. Uh, she's... Uh, Max's love interest, I guess we can say, uh, who's also a Secret Service agent. Uh, Ed Harris is in this film. I haven't seen Ed Harris in, in something for a long time. Uh, he's a U.S. Secretary of State, Leonard Deckham. Uh, and we've also got uh, Andy Garcia is in this as the president, Andrew Palmer. I'm, you know, excited that there's President Palmer uh, for 24 fans, but not spelt the same way. Uh, and a poor man's President Palmer compared to the esteemed... Uh, you know, President Palmer from 24. Uh, and Richard Schiff, who we just talked about in Batman v Superman. Uh, sorry, Man of Steel, I should say, not Batman v Superman. Uh, he's in it, but uh, only very briefly. Um, so that's kind of the gist of the film. Uh, there's a few sort of, um, you know, skip forwards in time in terms of, I think it's initially set in like 2019, and then we kind of get forward to about 2022 or something like that. So, it's, you know, sort of only a few years away, essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I guess... You're gonna get the the gist of what's gonna happen in this film. You're gonna have big natural disasters destroying cities, and you know big set pieces, special effects, drama, tension, everything along the lines. Well, unless you would think. I mean, this, I'm gonna start off straight away. Like, it's my first problem with this film is that I go into a movie that's advertised as like end of the world movie. You know, expecting to see cities get destroyed, expecting to see mass destruction on a global scale. You know, think Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. You know, these great movies where you just Shit's getting destroyed. Um, and, yeah, okay, we get a few scenes of it here and there, but that's my biggest disappointment coming out of this film. Hardly anything gets destroyed. And the places that do get destroyed, they're kind of places you don't really give a shit about that get destroyed. That's a horrible thing to say. And there is actually, I will say, a point to that. So, I mean, don't go into this expecting New York to get destroyed or, you know, Los Angeles or or uh, London or Paris. You know, the, the, the cities are generally getting destroyed in this. You don't see any of that. Um, you know, there's, I think Hong Kong's in there, uh, Dubai, um, uh, Moscow, I believe from memory and, and they're not necessarily getting completely destroyed, but there's just sort of sequences there that you'll see. Um, and the, the funniest thing about this, well, not the funniest, but I guess the interesting thing about this, about the big city at the end, that's going to get destroyed. You know, it's kind of like, oh no, let's not destroy this city. I'm not even going to spoil it for you and tell you what the city is, but it's, it's kind of a case of... Really? Do we really care if that city gets destroyed? I mean, of course we care if a city gets destroyed. It's not a very nice thing to say, but, um, you know, when you're kind of seeing this in the tension stakes, um, you know, it's probably not one of your top 10 global cities. You're thinking, oh no, please don't destroy this city. Uh, but having said that, it does serve as a plot device. There is a reason why this city is being targeted. Um, so it's not just a case of random, let's just choose this. So, um, kind of really can't give too much away with that so that was my big glaring disappointment walking out of the cinema with this one it's like oh, really didn't get to see as much cities get destroyed and even in the city destruction scenes you know they weren't as as big and bold as you would think you know again think you know independence day the empire state building getting blown up the white house you know the u.s bank tower things like that 
Uh, just, you know, little moments of that. I mean, day after tomorrow was epic. You know, all the different cities that you've seen getting sort of destroyed and how they tie that in. You know, remember that sort of great advertising post they had in the lead up to that, which kind of was all the global cities around the world. You even had like the Sydney Opera House uh, had like these waves crashing over it kind of to help market it in Australia. You know, it was just well done. Um, so, I mean, it, that was sort of, you know, the real, the real disappointment. And even sort of in these destruction scenes, you know, there's nothing really, uh, completely, um, over the top in terms of things getting destroyed. Uh, I mean, you've got the, the scene in Dubai, uh, which, you know, it, it's kind of cool. And Dubai, I guess, is a new world city, but like you've got the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, which kind of, I guess, gets a bit of a, uh, you know, a set piece there in terms of the, you know, destruction, but, um, Outside of that, there's not a whole lot with it. So, I mean, that to me was a glaring disappointment. Uh, and then also, I think, kind of the fact that a lot of the time you just don't know what type of film you're watching. I mean, generally, when you're watching sort of an end of the world movie, you kind of get your idea of what it's about. You're watching Armageddon, you know there's a meteorite coming to destroy the Earth. And you know that they've got to try and stop it. Independence Day, they're aliens. Fair enough, they've got to stop the aliens. Day after tomorrow, it's climate change. Can't really save it, but you've got to save Jake Gyllenhaal, because why wouldn't you want to save Jake Gyllenhaal? This one, it's kind of, like, as I explained, you've got satellites that are controlling the weather of the Earth. and it, But it kind of the way it is, because this isn't just sort of a set thing about what's destroying the world. You've kind of got political thriller thrown into this. So you've got to got key elements of, you know, investigation and, you know, espionage and all these sort of things thrown into it, which I guess on paper sounds kind of cool, but, you know, you've just got this thrown in mixed with the end of the world movie. And then you kind of got a space movie happening as well, because a lot of this is set in space. Gerard Butler, uh, he's only on Earth for like, I swear, like 20 minutes in this entire film. The rest of it, he's in space. Um, so. It's it's kind of just it's interesting. I mean, it's explained on Wikipedia as a science fiction disaster film, which I guess yeah, I can kind of probably kind of see it that way. Um, but it's just there's just certain things about this film that you just kind of like, wow, what, what am I watching? What am I doing here? I know like 2012 is kind of often criticised as just being so over the top, not realistic, and I see most of the criticisms. But the difference between 2012 and Geostorm when it comes to the realism scale, at least 2012's kind of fun. Like, everything's just getting blown up and destroyed, and you've got some great characters, and, you know, it's it's a real check-your-brain-at-the-door kind of thing. Uh, you know, Geostorm, there's moments for sure, but, yeah, I'm just not a big Gerard Butler fan, and he kind of phones in this performance. He's not really into it. If anything, Jim Sturgis is a guy who's doing all the heavy lifting here in this film and Abby Cornish. I mean... Gerard Butler's just in space doing his thing. Um, so, you know, I'm not too keen on sort of the main headline star of Gerard Butler doing this film and really not having to do much. Uh, I mean, this is also the thing, too, with a film like this. You're going to have your cliché moments. You know, you've got your cliché deadbeat dad trying to be a good father and all has to come back to rescue the daughter and things like that. And, I mean, kind of going back to my point where it's sort of... There's just all over the place where all of a sudden you've got, like those sort of elements, but then, of course, you've got elements of, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, just, like, political, you know, motivations in terms of, oh, who's really the bad guy and who's controlling these and just stuff like that. And, you know, again, 2012, you can't, you know, say any part of that's kind of realistic, but this is also a movie which essentially has got Earth surrounded by, like, a gate of satellites, which has been built in, like, I don't know, two years and this can control weather. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I also think that there's kind of this hidden... I don't really necessarily think it's hidden. It's probably shoved down your throat more than I'm giving credit for. Um, and I did read a review where they're saying this is like literally shoved down your throat, the whole sort of climate change issue. Which, I mean, yeah, I can see it kind of in the opening sequence and then the end sequence sort of, you know, with the narration. Um, but, I mean, it's it's not day after, your, day after tomorrow levels of thrown down your throat. So, um, you know, it's kind of things like that. You just think about it here and there. Um, I will definitely say, though, like, in terms of just the action sequences, I mean, the special effects are pretty decent. Um, but, like, it's kind of... It is definitely one of these movies where all the good stuff you see in the trailers... That's it. There's nothing really too extra. So, I mean, you know, if you've seen that sequence uh, of the plane falling from the sky, like shattering on the ground, um, that's something that's kind of like the coolest bit in the film. And uh, there's the trailer where uh, you see um, the the president in sort of this uh, little car uh, with Jim Sturgis and Abby, Abby Cornish. Um, you know, I mean, you kind of know what's happening in that if you've seen the trailer when they say you're kidnapping the president uh, I mean there's a lot more to it than that but I mean there's kind of some funny stuff there and it's kind of going back to my saying like Jim Surgis, Abby Corners, they're probably the two best people in this whole movie um, and even like just looking at the poster here you know the one where you've got Gerard Butler holding a little girl and a big wave coming down a city street and a plane flying over the top and says brave the storm that's completely misleading. You do not see any of that in this film. Uh, just to spoil it for you, uh, at no point does Gerard Butler have to hold his daughter like that either. So, um, just little things, you know, that they've kind of done it. You can just tell they obviously had a lot of issues with this. And it did really come down to a lot of uh, the, the poor test screenings, as I said. They had to bring in Jerry Bruckheimer uh, to sort of be become an executive producer on this film uh, with some of the reshoots. Um and I think a lot of that probably also comes down to the fact that, as I mentioned, Dean Devlin, this is his very first directorial uh, movie, his first attempt at directing, and I guess he's best known uh, as a producer who, uh, I mean, he's it's not his first time to a... a a destruction movie. I mean, I mentioned Independence Day. He was uh, a producer next to Roland Emmerich on Independence Day. Same with Godzilla, uh, The Patriot. He's worked close hand-in-hand hand with Roland Emmerich for a long time, and Roland Emmerich is the king of disaster films. Um, he also was a producer on Independence Day Resurgence, an absolutely piece-of-shit movie, um, and Stargate as well. Uh, and he's also a writer when it comes to Independence Day, Godzilla, uh, even Universal, Stu uh, Studios, Universal Soldier, uh, as well as a, a writer on Independence Independence Day Resurgence. So I guess kind of uh, on the grand scheme of things, you know, Godzilla, Independence Day Resurgence, not the greatest films of all time in terms of critically received. I absolutely love Godzilla, the 98 version, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to be down on that, but he did write two movies that are generally considered pieces of shit. Um, but this is his very first time uh, actually directing, so I think you can kind of tell why they had to bring in some people to help him out with this because you know maybe he does need to stick to the producing on that side of things but he's got a he's got a new movie coming out next year uh called bad samaritan um a crime thriller film uh apparently starring david tennant robert sheehan um yeah that sounds cool but um yeah I mean, he's he's been nominated for uh, a lot of golden raspberries. <laughs> so I don't know how he kind of got the green light here to kind of go ahead and direct this one and also uh, write it as well. He, he's one of the writers along with uh, Paul Guyo. I, I can't say his name. Don't get me to pronounce um, names that aren't ones that I can generally read. So... Um, yeah, and I like just going again through the actors as I mentioned. You know, Gerard Butler, yeah, phones it in. Jim Sturgis, Abbey Cornish, they're good. Ed Harris, you know, I mean, he's not a huge role, but um, 
I guess he's heavily involved in the plot. Andy Garcia is pretty decent as a president. I mean, outside of that, there's, there's really no one else to, to talk about, really, in this film. Um, so, yeah, it's it's okay, I guess. Um, there's um, one character in it who I'm just trying to find her name. She's actually really good. Uh, she's kind of sort of like a sidekick sort of person who has to help out uh, when it comes to trying to find out the people behind who's causing these... Um, I guess, natural disasters by hacking into the system. Um, but I can't seem to find her name here, but she's actually really good. Oh, here we go. Uh, Dana, the actress's name here is Zazie Beats. Uh, never heard of her, but uh, she's actually quite good. Uh, according to her filmography, um, she's coming, going to be in Deadpool 2. Cool. Uh, she's been in a lot of things that I've uh, never seen. She was in six episodes of Atlanta. I've never watched Atlanta, so there you go. Uh, so she's, she's one of the sort of standouts to it. Um but other than that, I don't think I really have too much to add on the uh, the acting. What I find interesting is kind of you've got this uh, coalition of nations who have helped build this Dutch boy system, and they're all kind of like there's this sequence where they're in space, and you've got all these sort of people like hanging around the the space station, and they've got all like their little country's flags on it. Uh, you know, all the the people that you would expect. You got the British guy, you got the French person, you got the German. You know, all these sort of you know big global powers. You've got someone from Nigeria and no Australians. Uh, no Canadians either. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Nigeria here, but d- does Nigeria have a need for space programs? I mean, Australia just literally created a space program within the last couple of months, so we're finally getting on board. I assume Canada would have some sort of connection being neighbours with the US. Um, and uh, I know, I mean, there's been Canadian astronauts. We have had an Australian astronaut, I know that for a fact, but um, Andy Thomas. But we, yeah, we don't... I, I don't see why we would not be included in this, and yet Nigeria would be. So, hello to all our Nigerian listeners out there. I don't know if that was just a complete Dick Ben moment, uh, ripping shit into poor old Nigeria. Um, I mean, it's a it's a film that like I, I want to I wanted to go into this with a, that sort of 2012 mentality of check your brain at the door. Like, and this is the thing with disaster films. I think it's hard to be a critic when it comes to a lot of these type of films because you're never going to get your Academy Award winning disaster film. You know, I mean, Independence Day, I think, sort of at the time wasn't considered a, an exactly, um, you know, stellar critical film. Uh, and it's kind of got that cult level of status. And even sort of in the lead up to the sequel last year, a lot of people were saying like, well, the first film was kind of not good, but it was nostalgic purposes. And, you know, Day After Tomorrow, I think, is kind of getting to that point. I remember I was obsessed with that movie when it came out and didn't necessarily get critical acclaim, but I kind of think maybe it's coming forward. I mean, Armageddon, Deep Impact, these, again, weren't critically dominant films. Um, but again, a disaster film doesn't go out to win Oscars. It's box office gold. You know, you want to sit in a theatre and watch things get blown up. So, I mean, that's kind of what it is with these movies. They're just kind of, you check your brain at the door, enjoy it sort of film. And the thing with Geostorm is that, yeah, there's elements to that. And it's, it's definitely a movie worth seeing on the big screen just with the, the special effects when you do have them. But it's not one that I would rush out and see. Like, you know, rush out and see 2012 on the big screen. Rush out and see Day After Tomorrow on the big screen, for sure. Armageddon, Deep Impact, you know, Independence Day. They're big screen movies. This is a movie where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, with modern technology and big screen TVs and surround sound and sound bars, yeah, it's probably going to be the same effect, you know, bar a couple of scenes. Um, which, again, it's disappointing to walk out of a disaster film like that. And we haven't really had, like, a disaster, disaster film sort of over-the-top way, really probably since 2012. Um, 
you know, with a, I mean, I guess Independence Day resurgence technically, but I mean, I just try to forget that movie ever existed. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's good to have that, but sadly it's just not in the, the manner that I'd want it to be. So it is what it is. And I guess nothing really can be changed out. I mean, there's not a whole lot more I can really talk about this film <laughs> when it comes to sort of anything else. I've talked about the plot. I can't really go into too much details about without spoiling it. I've talked about the actors. I've talked about the director. Um, you know, I guess we can look at the box office quickly. It, it hasn't really done too well on the box office front. This is a movie that costs $120 million to make. Uh, so that's quite an expensive film. Uh, but as of right now, uh, at least at the time of recording this, it has actually only made a paltry sum of uh, $137 million worldwide and only $24 million domestically in the US and Canada. So that is, uh, it says here, domestic gross as of October 30. It's released on October 20 in 10 days. It has only made $24 million domestically. So, um, yeah, that is a big flop. So, uh, you can see that clearly it's not doing too well. Uh, on the genres of disaster movie here that I'm looking at, and again, this only comes into play uh, of the actual domestic total. Uh, yeah, 24 million, 33rd. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the top five on this, uh, Titanic, Independence Day, Gravity, Twister, War of the Worlds. Um, so, that's where, that's where we're looking at it. What did Independence Day Resurgence make? Um, did that not, is that not on this list? They apparently don't seem to have Independence Day Resurgence on this list. I don't know how, uh, successful that was at the, uh, the box office. Uh, serious Independence Day, let's have a look here. Oh, it only made $103 million. Wow, that's, that's pathetic. Anyway, alright, that's it. Oh, Independence Day Resurgence, uh, maybe coming soon, who knows. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely made a lot more globally than it has in the, uh, US and Canada. That is for sure. Uh, critically at the moment, though, too, yeah, not doing too well. Uh, it's only got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, 3.7 out of 10. Uh, the critical consensus says, lacking impressive visuals, well-written characters, or involving drama, Geostorm aims for epic disaster movie spectacle, but ends up simply being a disaster of a movie. Pretty um, fair assessment, I would say. <laughs> um yeah, it's, I mean, again, it's got, it's, it's not, it's not the worst movie I've seen. I'd rather watch this than Dirty Dancing. Um, can I just say that? <laughs> that's, that's Ben's review on Rotten Tomatoes. Would rather watch this than Dirty Dancing. So, that's something, I guess. But, um, you know, it's not going to be a movie that I'm going to rush to buy when it comes out or let's say to Colin, let's cover Geostorm. Like, if we ever do Disaster Month, this isn't going to be one I'm going to nominate for my top four. You know, I'd have to say kind of one-off films, you know, 2012, Day After Tomorrow, um, Armageddon, and maybe Deep Impact. I don't put Independence Day in there just because I would sadly have to cover both of them at the same time for continuity sakes, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's Geostorm. Um, I guess kind of we get to a rating here. Um, I kind of went into this thinking that I would just rent it, a low rent, uh, but just, I guess, the more I think about it, the, the more I kind of read into the reviews and kind of agree with them. When you find yourself agreeing with the reviews, and I know kind of Colin's talked a little bit about, you know, re reviews aren't everything. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time they go out of their way to make them bad and things like this. But, um, yeah, I have to bin this. I, I mean, it's a high bin. Does that make sense? But, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess in terms of also like the disappointment, I went into this thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, 
you know, we, we could have actually had something a lot better and it's good to have a disaster film, but it didn't live up to my expectations I had of it. So, yeah, I'm sad to bin it. That means the last two movies I've seen at the movies, I've actually uh, left binning it, this and uh, Dark Tower. So, um, there we go. That is uh, J.R. Storm, binned it, um, but a high bin. Go see this over Dirty Dancing. Again, that's the best I can say about it. Uh, but we will have some more spoiler-free reviews coming your way. I do believe Colin and Jamie are going to go see Thor Ragnarok or Rang Ranganok or Ranganok. That kind of sounds like you're just bashing redheaded people. Um, Ragnarok. There's a new Thor movie they're going to see, people. Uh, so look out for a spoiler review of that, I'm assuming, at some point. I, I guess the big one that you know we're doing, given that we're in the midst of DC month, of course, is Justice League, which is uh, very excitingly only a few weeks away. So I'm very, very, very excited to do that. Uh, obviously, then the next one after that will be Star Wars The Last Jedi, which you know we're going to be covering to death, just like every other movie podcast out there, of course. Um, and I also think that uh, I, I possibly might plan and go see... Um, oh god, I've completely gone blank on the, uh, the name Daddy's Home 2. I, I was a big fan of the first movie, so I'm tempted to go see the second one, just as kind of a bit of a trash comedy fodder. Uh, so stay tuned if I do end up going to see that. I don't think it's one Colin's probably going to see, but, uh, we'll see how we go. I think we've kind of somehow avoided the emoji movie, which, um, we were kind of somehow weirdly set on doing, but, uh, thankfully we haven't managed to do that one. So who knows? We might get bored one time and do it. But, uh, yeah, in terms of our movie coverage, uh, DC month, we've got Wonder Woman coming your way at the end of this week. And then after Wonder Woman, we'll be doing a bit of a Justice League preview, kind of a wrap up of the four DCEU, uh, recaps that we've done before our Justice League spoiler free recap once we see the film. And that leads us into Star Wars month. And, uh, again, just to reiterate what we're doing for that, we're not doing the generic, let's go over each of the films. We're going to wait and save them to, uh, all the way up into the lead up till episode nine in 2019 so uh what we're actually going to be doing is um looking at the uh animated clone wars film uh that's obviously set between episode two and episode three uh we're gonna look at the ewok specials both of them and the christmas special uh and I'm just going to say this once again, I have not seen any of them. As a Star Wars fan, I'm ashamed to say that. So I'll be looking forward to seeing how we go with that. Outside of our film ones, all our TV coverage, of course, is still ongoing as well. Uh, Colin and Jamie will have a Star Trek Discovery episode, no doubt, for you uh, in the coming day or so. We also uh, have just put up Third Watch. Uh, first episode of Season 2 is there, so enjoy that. Our Lost coverage is on Mondays as we continue on with Season 1. And our Nip Tuck coverage has returned as we continue on with Season 3 with that. And, of course, Survivor does continue this week. We'll have a recap. We're just a bit behind in terms of locking a recapper in. We'll hopefully be able to announce that soon so you can get some questions in for that, as well as our exit interview with this week's Eliminated Contestant. So we're busy, busy people here in the Oz Network bringing all the content that we hope you're enjoying. And if you do enjoy it, please do head to iTunes. That is our main platform when we do get these podcasts out. We really would appreciate it if you could just take a few moments of your time to leave us some ratings and some feedback on there. And also on the same, if you don't use iTunes and you use Spotify, Stitcher, we would appreciate you leaving feedback there as well. We're on Facebook, like us on there, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, make sure you get involved in all the social channels, and we will be back very soon to bring you more content here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, this has been the Geostorm spoiler-free review, until we next week again, enjoy the rest of your evening or day or morning, good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.